everyone, and welcome to the Gaming News Power Power brought to you by Take the Studios. Today we have Lee, Josh, Dylan, and myself, no Cody. No, maybe Cody. That means no Cody. His name is maybe Cody. And today See how he didn't let us introduce ourselves this I'm time? I'm not going to do that. You're not up. introducing <laughs> yourself. You just want a repeat of uh, <laughs> the last two Dylan. podcasts. Well, I'm Lee. Oh, it's not original anymore, guys. Yeah, it's just the same well, old I'm bit. I'm Spencer. I don't like this at all. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Today, we're our main topic of discussion is going to be: Do games really cost sixty dollars? Should they? What's the deal with microtransactions? All those Jerry Seinfeld jokes and more. What's the deal with that? Roll that beautiful beam footage. <laughs> Before we start our main topic of discussion, I do have the most topical of topics to bring to you in a 99-second feature we call the Gaming News Rundown. I'm going to no start. No one, I don't know a name for it. I haven't written a name for it yet. Why not the lightning round? That's original. <laughs> I mean, 99-second rundown? I'm pretty sure that that's something that you pay for in, like, the Philippines. Mortal Kombat had a huge event unveiling the game, new features, new story, new characters, and Ronda Rousey S on your blade. Sea of Thieves will force players to re-download the entire game, the updates, and wait to play the game where you just wait. Yep, they planned for this too. Speaking of franchises all about waiting, Jurassic World Evolution just hit $2 million or 2 million copies sold. See, nobody cares. Don't wait to download the Westworld mobile game because thanks to the Fallout Shelter lawsuit, that game's going to be removed from the uh, Apple Shop and Google Play in April. Speaking of lawsuits, Master of Scum, aka Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford, facing a lawsuit for sexual harassment towards minors and religious discrimination. He has actually countersued the Texas Board of uh, Texas Board for uh, uh, the allegations being taken to trial. Take-Two also loves countersuing after Pinkerton Consulting and Investigation sued them for the use of their company name after even after a cease and desist letter from Red Dead Redemption 2. In other outrageous outrage news, fans are mad because of a narrative story, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, forced them to have a child at the end of the game despite not wanting a relationship forced on them. By the way, main protagonist protagonist story isn't even over yet. At least Ubisoft publishes single-player games. EA just canceled the only single-player Star Wars game that was in development. Uh, meanwhile, Hitman devs, IO Interactive, double downs on game storytelling by opening up a Swedish branch. Two other great storytelling single-player games with uni- unique mechanics, We Happy Few and Shadow of Mordor, hit Xbox Game Pass, go download them, and now Datamon shows the SNES Classic library adding... <sighs> it's over. I'm trying to figure so, out how to read so the like five things. Let's, whoa, reverse? Go back to the EA thing. So okay. people were mad that EA didn't make a Star Wars game? Because I thought they got mad when they did. It is a reversal. It's very strange. People hate EA Star Wars multiplayer games, but they wanted EA to make a good single-player game. And I'm like, did you did you guys play the campaign for Battlefront 2? It wasn't very good. It had a campaign? It did have a campaign. It, the only footage I ever saw was someone in a TIE fighter floating to the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Also, the weird thing about the Ubisoft thing is it is a uh, LGBTQ, I guess, issue that they didn't want to be forced into a straight relationship and have a child. However, the director well, of the yeah, game... Yeah, that was one of my gripes to Fallout 4's intro as well, though, if you'll remember. But, but the, like, you're not... The, the assassin you're playing as is not an avatar. It is a character that existed that you're following the footsteps of, and their story is written from beginning to end. And there's actually three DLC packs that are coming out, two of which have already released. That are <gasps> you, can, to... you can put, like, baby camo on? Yeah, baby camo. Um, but yeah, in... baby skins? That's cool! Yeah, in Odyssey... Uh, I want basically... to have Nightcrawler from X-Men as my you, baby. You can have that one. You can have Nightcrawler. Oh, just, yes. um, just imagine it. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's really weird because it's like, well, this is her story. Uh, it's not like... It's really weird when people get mad about uh, a game that has always been a strong, structured narrative, and they're like, what? It's making me do... Like, the the decisions in Assassin's Creed do affect the story slightly, but only in, like, offhanded comments. Like, nothing really structures Do you get story. to run around pregnant, like, assassinating people? I hope so. I hope instead That'll of Sparta Kick, best. you can do the belly bump, and, like, King <laughs> K rule them off the cliff. Like, Boom! <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, just I didn't get to talk about uh, there was a oh fried chicken in Japan. If you buy fried chicken from some certain company, you get DLC in Final Fantasy fourteen. That's the online one that's still ongoing and still very big. Uh, but the DLC is for a rideable chocobo that's fat and black. Is the fried chicken company from America? No, from one of the states of America. No, they're Japanese. Japanese are racist, though. I learned that. No, they, they love fried chicken, though. Yeah, K- KFC's over there. It's all over the place. Yeah, Do KFC's a Christmas know. tradition over there. No, as it's, her it's backward toilets with sinks on them. But it's it's a Japanese company that's doing it, and it's a yeah. fat black chocobo. Like it's a fat black chocobo. Like why? I need to say it again. They're racist. Is it is it fat or thick? <laughs> it's double C or CK. CK. No, I'm saying like is it so it's it's like an obese bird. Yes, yeah, an obese obese bird. I also didn't. So get it's, to... a, it's a big bird. So is PBS not suing them too? <laughs> or I guess HBO now. Oh my god. I also That's didn't get to mention the uh, Verizon wanting to bring a gaming streaming service to America, even though they're part of the reason we don't have the infrastructure for consistently streamable AAA games. Verizon. That's that company that's not Sprint, right? They're, they're America's largest network, yes. That's what they say in the commercials. Uh, <laughs> Why'd you sound like an ad right there? Nice. Well, I'm just saying mean... because technically Verizon yes. doesn't have as many towers as at and I don't know, man. I was just repeating the commercial, dude. I don't okay. know. Okay. So but Verizon, at and everybody knows you're them. a corporate shill, that's, that's all yes. of it. Uh, they're all the problem. Like they're all the reason why the infrastructure is not there. Every cable yeah. company, every cell phone company. Like you want to start the streaming service, even though you bought out um, the FCC and you have consistently not upgraded us to the quality of a tiny island in Asia. Still, super fresh. Yeah, but that, so that island's real small. It takes less money to cover the whole thing. America's like big. But we blow so... Uh, I don't even want to get to it. This is not a political Texas, podcast. Texas is, like, bigger than most places in Europe. So much for no controversy. Oh, my God. Anyway, I also didn't Is get it to... controversial to say America's big now? I guess you can't say it now. People get too triggered. You talk about geography. Well, we were talking about a fat black chocobo, so... 
That's that was so racist. Oh God, Japan. Um, great yeah, internet, change. but very little uh, tact. Um, and I didn't get to bring up the ESO update. Uh, June fourth, they bring the Necromancer class, the Elves Wire Region, and dragons. That was a really cool commercial too. So, unfortunately, yeah, Necromancer. I'm super excited about that. I'm glad I I cheated my way into talking about all of these, even though I didn't get to say them. So, <laughs> yay me. Well, you're the only person that imposes these time limits on yourself, so, I mean, maybe you should just look in and do some soul-searching. I actually extended the time limit on this one um, because I found a longer uh, a longer file to use. So, Well, plus, you kind of got your butt kicked by allegedly. Allegedly. My yeah, stutter and my list hate man. this. That's why it's a challenge. <laughs> and the next one, I make, I'm going to start making everyone do this. Like Next week it's going to be someone else. The next week it's going to be someone else. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I, I'm terrible at speaking. I can't. No, I you're going to do I'll it, have, and so is Lee. Lee will, Lee will do work. the best. He won't have a problem with it. I'll uh, do Dylan it will because be the, other people, the other people will be fine, but they cannot talk good like I can. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> I, yeah, Lee does have the best words. <laughs> I the biggest. I have tremendous words. words. Yes. The biggest words, <laughs> the best, the best words. words. They're just. Some people have said that the words I have are the like more than they have said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having too much fucking fun, boys. Oh my god. Okay. Was that Vice President Pence uh, assaulting a member of the LGBT community to go with my Trump impression just now? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we can go ahead and move on to our main subject, which is uh, the cost of, vi- oh. cost of video games. The cost of video games, please. Uh, let me get political. Um, now, by the cost of video games, are you talking about the toll it takes on people's mental health and family lives when they have to work with no breaks for companies like uh, Rockstar? Uh, or are you talking about the actual monetary cost to the consumers? I'm actually talking about the cobalt mines deep in the Congo, the only mines that actually have this amount of cobalt that is used in every single electronic smart device. And it's a war-torn country because of what we're using. And we're using a a, uh, a mineral that we won't be able to get again once we deplete it. And what will we do with our technology then? We oh, throw yeah. it away. I, dude, I feel terrible every time I think about that and I'm tweeting on my Samsung Galaxy Note 9 while standing <laughs> in my Nike shoes that I know were made with uh, unpa- you know, probably unpaid or low-paid child labor. Now that we have dissuaded the entire audience from listening, thanks all 50 of you, uh, from Canada probably. <laughs> um, we love Canada. We love Canada here because they have free health care. But uh, no, our, our, the- some have said that Canada is a good country. And uh, we're we're looking into that. We're looking into Canada. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. President Trump is uh, is on the podcast. Uh, I'd like to ask President Trump what his favorite video game is, but I'm afraid of his answer. <laughs> it's uh, it's Doctor Mario. What oh. can I say? <laughs> I, everyone knows me as a big proponent of healthcare, and I like any game that is realistic about healthcare. Unlike our former president, who knew nothing about healthcare. <laughs> Dr. Mario would be a great choice. I would put him in charge if he was real. <laughs> he probably I thought I was having a heart no I thought what. I was having a heart attack in Vancouver and they weren't But you're a foreigner. You're an illegal immigrant. I don't care. I was I was illegal um I was there legally. I don't know what I, I Yeah, the, for... the kids in the cages in Texas yeah. are there legally too. 
Say what? Wait, so you were when you were in Vancouver, you thought you were having a heart attack and they wouldn't let you into the doctor? Oh, no, they would. I'd ask them, hey, is this going to be free? Like, no. It's like, all right, I'll just die. Oh, that in in true fashion. Yeah. You just showed Canadians what Jews were like. <laughs> that you, was enriched, their... you enriched that country. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, you could have died in Canada because you were being too Cheap. Jewish. I mean, the, the Orthodox synagogue I went to wasn't a really secluded part of town. I don't think they were. They weren't in downtown. They were... so. Okay. All right. Getting back on the rails. All right. We uh, we need to talk about the cost of video games, meaning $60, <laughs> season passes, DLCs, stuff like that. Like, what is happening? Like, why? There's people that say, well... These game companies charge too much, sixty dollars, and they're not giving us the full package. Some people and say those that people 60, are wrong. some people say that sixty dollars is too little. That we that games cost way more now than than they used to, and there's way more risks now because of review companies like IGN. If they give a game a seven, or God forbid a five, because of something they didn't like or something that wasn't properly working when they reviewed the review copy of the game, which is not the full release, it kills sales. Like Review scores matter to the masses, like to all the sheep. Those scores matter. No offense well, okay. saying sheep. Let me just, just I'm matter. just going to put my position on the table. Okay. I think games should flop probably cost there. around, uh, yeah, let me unzip and just flop that on the table. So here's my position. Uh, I think games should probably cost around $99. I think yearly franchises should just go away, and game series and stuff like that should probably be like no more than two years. I think that consumers should hold game companies to a higher standard and not accept games that aren't finished at launch. And I think that $99 should guarantee you uh, like DLC and stuff like that so as not to split communities with multiplayer. And I'm fine with having optionals that you can purchase later that are cosmetics as long as they're not predatory practices like loot boxes. And my position is this, simply because $60 is how much games used to cost, like the original Legend of Zelda back in 1986. Uh, at the same time, a movie ticket back then cost around $3.15 on average, whereas it costs around $8.50 on average now, which is a 2.5% like times increase. Uh, so the thing of it is, every other form of entertainment medium, and as well as products like gasoline and you know food and things like that, as well as the cost of labor to make those games has exponentially increased, um, and games have not. So I feel that the reason that these companies have to resort to predatory practices like loot boxes and gambling and pay to win and just all this kind of endless nonstop, you know, chicanery and bullshit is because the game price itself probably needs to go up, but the games need to be made less often and higher quality. All right, it's been the podcast for taking. How to respond to that? Um, does anyone have any, uh, an immediate response to Lee first? Well, I, I, I like his response. Uh, I, I have a difference of, of opinion, not saying that his is his wrong, just like my vision um, doesn't necessarily follow that. Uh, if I may disclose that now or not, unless sure, you want to continue. I don't care. Okay. I think we should uh, all just bring up like this, like how we feel about it, and then we can all discuss it at length. Okay. Um, okay. Well... The your your model makes a lot of sense and it gets rid of a lot. Of, um, I instead of, I guess I would want to encourage the actual consumer to take hold of the power they actually have in the free market that they don't really know they have, 
which is if they actually don't want to get a game, if they want games to change of how they're being charged, of how they're being manipulated, like with loot boxes and play to win, don't buy the game. Com- complain, fine, but if you also complain and buy and follow through with it, you're only perpetuating it because they don't care what you have to say, they care what's in your wallet. If you keep feeding into it, it's only going to continue. EA. EA. <laughs> Dang, all this EA hate. Guys, they make don't, Mass Effect Andromeda. Don't buy okay. Command and Conquer, in other words. Um, but we're not talking about that. If you buy Command and Conquer, Dylan will bomb you. Yes. Speaking of uh, speaking of Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, that game had some really bright moments. I didn't mean to really crap all over it. Sorry to Katie Townsend, who helped us get this channel off the ground. Sorry. She played the pilot in that game. I mean, Katie Townsend is amazing, though, because she's in my least favorite Mass Effect and my least favorite Fallout, and <laughs> I still think she's amazing. So that that says something. Man. She'll, yeah. she'll get you with that. Um, Dylan, she, what She you... is a yes. chunk of gold at the, in the bottom of a mud pool. That's like... Okay. She's, she's worth, I don't, she's I don't know if this is a compliment anymore. I, oh, I just man. said she was gold, man. You, of all people, should know that that's a compliment. <laughs> You could have used some of that gold when you were dying in Canada. <laughs> you know oh what I'm saying? God. Okay, uh, Dylan, uh, what do you think about games? And just just to get your thoughts out there before we start trying to get, I guess, a new. Structure. I don't know how I feel about like a, a base price. I don't know if I feel like it should change from. I, it depends. It depends on what you want to do with, um, you know, microtransactions or DLC. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there's a right and a wrong way to do the microtransactions. Um, Battlefront 2 is a great example of what not to do. Yeah, yes. Um, and uh, do what? I was about to say, technically, Battlefront 2 removed the uh, the Advantage loot box stuff before that game launched. So, you know, there was no loot box you could buy that would give you a competitive advantage online. Uh, but the fact that they had it instituted and it was ready to go at launch... And if it wasn't for the outcry of a lot of early preview people, then that would have launched like that. It's true, yeah. But I mean, it's a it, it's obviously not the not desired at all. No, not at all. But um, I mean, I, I really don't have a problem with cosmetics. Um, oh yeah. If you're going to keep the game at sixty dollars, then you need something like that because I do feel like a game is worth more than sixty dollars. Yes. Yeah, how you want to obtain that money, you know. Now, the same thing goes for, um, like, okay, so there's a lot of problems that are perpetuated because of the fans. Not only what Josh brought up with their buying power and how they don't use it properly, but I believe that that there's a problem with um, people... Okay, so we've talked about it before on previous podcast release dates. Like, there's a reason why Fallout 76 was released in the state that it was because they felt like they had to get that holiday release date, and they felt like once they told a release date, um, they really had to stick to it. Now, if we look forward to 2019, there's not a lot of high-profile games with set release dates, and that is probably very, very smart. That hell, there's been a lot of games that we know are coming this year that haven't even been announced because you then can get a fan base that gets so mad at a game taking so long that some people will find something to move on out of spite just because that game didn't come out quick enough for them. Well, um, here's here's my whole thing with that. If if a game costs more as its base price, but a you knew that there was the season pass equivalent or whatever baked into that cost, um, but b 
just by virtue of having the higher price, I feel like consumers would be more cautious with where they put their money. Yes. If they knew, like, okay, I'm about to shell out a hundred bucks uh, on this game, maybe I'm going to look more closely at the reviews. Maybe I'm going to actually express, you know, my opinion on it a little bit more. Maybe I'm going to utilize the uh, Steam and uh, I assume Epic has it too refund policy uh, on this game. <clears throat> I feel like that would help out. I feel like people have this thing. It's, I've been guilty of it too, especially when I buy games on like Steam sale or something like that. Yep. That if I didn't pay much money for it, I'm willing to be like, eh, and just let stuff go. Um, whereas Battlefield 1, I spent 120 bucks on back when I bought it. Uh, I held that game's feet to the fire uh, yep. because I was a lot more invested in it, I felt like. And that... And, no, no, go ahead. You're good. You're good. No, no, no. I was just going to bring it while you brought up the point of the money thing. Like, if you didn't spend a lot of money on it, then you don't even know if you can trust yourself with your opinion, correct? Uh, that's kind of what right. you were getting across. Well, just think of the reviewers that hold, that I, I, I said uh, before, hold so much power uh, for the sales of a game. They don't pay for any of those. Like, there's, um, there's, oh, before you buy the uh, the YouTube show before you buy and it's about any game just any game that releases it's like before you buy and the image is always this guy with his hands up and it shows a game as his head or a character from the game as his head or something um, he gets the review copies yes but then he goes out and he buys the game and then he gives it out to a uh, a viewer uh, in the giveaway because he wants to make sure that yes he went out and he paid for the game um, and that's that's a little bit better. You still right. You, know, you find your opinions on the I think reviewers should have to disclose not only where they got their copy from, but how they got their copy. Well, they um, got. The, well, I think that would be important. They got their copy from the developers. When me and Josh were developing Beans in the Block, and we got approved to be Nintendo um, developers, they said when we release our game, we'll be giving. We'll, we will be given three hundred review codes. Three hundred review codes for Beans in the Block. Did you not have to pay to, to uh, get to that point though? No, no. Mm. That's just oh, really? what they were going to give us hmm, as a review codes. Three hundred. I don't even know if three hundred outlets. Even uh, if I look I was... through Twitch and YouTube, like three hundred outlets to play, like three hundred people won't play this game. I never expected to sell three hundred copies. Much less. I was given a uh, review copy of Near, uh, and then after playing it for a couple hours, I promptly went and paid for the game. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that the reviewers at IGN, at Games uh, Spot, stuff like that, they won't be paying for the game. Uh, hell, you had the last uh, host of the Nintendo podcast never even owned a Wii U and seemingly didn't own a 3DS until he got the job with IGN. Well, I think those he, kind of people should just not be valid or relevant anymore. I think that old dinosaur companies like IGN and all that kind of stuff should just go away because I feel like you're going to get a better opinion from a smaller like studio or an independent person and stuff like that than you are from a giant uh, company that employs plagiarizers and uh, sex offenders a lot that, of times. That is true. However, the um, the the people that are reviewing stuff that want views are going to be sensationalist, whether it's positive or negative. And you don't have a lot of people that will... There's not a lot of people with the integrity to counter-argue themselves and say, well, maybe it's from... The, like, put themselves in the shoes of both the player and the developer. And there's a lot of people that don't have the ability to do that. And really, how I get my reviews for games is Steam reviews. That that yes, is honestly I how think, I, I love getting I think reviews Steam through reviews. Steam are good reviews. Too because especially the uh, the check bar the the checkbox to let you know if someone actually 
uh, bought the copy or not, or yes, you know, bought stuff, it, and how many hours they put into it, and I can get a real sense of how they played. Like Gamespot right. has literally published reviews of games without the person finishing the game, like the base right. game. Like see, Best this... Buy actually on reviews for their site, for instance, they have a uh, verified purchaser tab. So if the company doesn't have any record of you actually buying the product, yeah, um, then it doesn't say so on your review. So I actually like that because I rather hear from a person who actually got something but but not to harp on the reviews too much but that is a big part of how games are perceived and you get a lot of people that muck the waters and how if a game is good or not is depending on a very select few amount of people's opinions on the game and um then you get people into the into the mindset of sixty dollars a base price and raising or lowering that base price well just this past friday we had Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, released on the Switch, released for $40. I believe there are games that can release at 20 at 40 at 60 and go up to 80 and 100 I believe games should have different tiers, but that shouldn't affect the game's like perceived quality. And that is a problem. When a game releases at 40 the perceived quality is, eh, I'm not sure if it's that good, maybe I'll wait till it drops to 20 and the way that gamers are, we usually want to play... There's so many good games coming out consistently that we'll, we rarely ever get the chance to go back and play an older game. And right. uh, so when they drop in price, it's like, yeah, I may get it on a Steam sale, then never touch it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why like, I've avoided the last couple of Steam sales completely. Yeah. Uh, because I already know <clears throat> what I'm going to do, and I'm trying to be a uh, pickier consumer. So, like, right now I'm going back through my library and I'm playing games that I didn't like the first time um, to try to see if that opinion still stands or if maybe I was in a weird time or place when I first played it and stuff like that Um, or if I just wasn't in the mood for that particular type of game. But a full-price game, if you buy one at full price, at the Mm -hmm. $60 standard, you are more inclined to put more hours into it and try to get your money's worth out of it. Oh, hands down. Like, I have a game that I did not like at first. I have, I just looked. I have 105 hours in it. The game, and I reviewed it as, as bad. And I was like, don't let my review time fool you. I was just getting my money's worth. And before I jump on that point about a, a an evolving game experience, Dylan pointed out that we should have upped prices that include season passes and, and say you should be able to pay, pay 80 and 100. A lot of times you actually do. You are you have the option to buy like I had the option to buy Assassin's Creed Odyssey with the season pass um, for a certain amount of money, which was like maybe forty dollars more. It's like ninety dollars instead of sixty, or a hundred dollars instead of sixty, um, or just buy the base game at sixty. Then it went on sale. I got it for thirty, or whatever. But if I had bought the game at 60 because I was so impressed by Assassin's Creed Origins and its DLC, I probably would have just spent the hundred because I trust them. And then you fall right. into the category of, well, the price of a game should be should it be based off of the previous game from that studio because of how much we trust or don't trust them. Kind of like Fallout 76, Bethesda's next big game, can they really, like, sh- the next Fallout game, should they really charge the same price as they did 76 with as much uh, bad PR as they got for they're 76? They're going to definitely have to do something... Uh amazing in fallout 76 like a really awesome dlc i'm talking like an old world blues level kind of like amazing dlc i mean um, dylan and josh do the, yeah 
do do games that came previously in a series affect whether you want to spend a full sixty in the sequel or not? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, that... if, if they've proven their credentials, you know, already, then I'm going to be more trusting up front. Because... I mean, yeah, but you look at something like Battlefield One, which I did like, Lee didn't, but right, I did like, and then Battlefield Five comes out, and it's a buggy garb. It's just it's just garbage. And so, I, you know, I feel like I can't trust that then. You feel like on the next game, you just want to pay for the EA Pass. You don't want to buy the game. I, I don't even know. Don't yeah, even know if you I, I already don't trust EA, but... <laughs> then it's become apparent. <laughs> yeah, I think that's become apparent with everyone here somehow. Yeah. <laughs> somehow, I, I think it's the modern consensus. I think, I think EA's fine. I think they're just trying. They're just trying to make video games great again. Oh, I think okay. EA. Okay. The problem with EA is that they they became okay. So Lee talked about upping the price of the game, but getting rid of annualized series. And Correct. EA and Activision. That is basically what their business model is harped on. Yeah. Annualized. Well, see, EA. EA. Back in the day, Dylan and I were talking before the podcast. Battlefield Three. You know, played it for a good two years. Yes. Battlefield Four played it for a good two years. Yes, like I I felt like when I bought a Battlefield game like Battlefield Four, which if you guys remember Battlefield Four started off as an absolute piece of crap, the netcode was terrible. Like it, I would say that it was probably getting lampooned as bad as Fallout seventy six on YouTube and stuff by yes. people that were like you know it was terrible. It turned into a good game, and I'd say especially by six months to a year in, it kind of hit its stride. And every DLC they released was actually fun, and it was different somehow. Um, and I feel like if a season pass, quote-unquote, type thing was baked in, especially to multiplayer games, and it didn't split the community, that's that's only better for everybody. So, so you have to yeah. buy a game, and then if it's shitty, you have to gamble whether the developer is going to fix it or not. And that's my whole thing, is if that were the case, people would do one of two things. They wouldn't buy as many games, so developers would have to figure out a way to get rid of the stale, crappy formula of you know annual release and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they'd have to make better games, a or uh, you know ex- exactly what you said. You'd have to take a gamble. So yeah, I but... think the majority of people would choose to really pay more attention to reviews and really you know make companies make better games. Do do you guys want me to go through a quick little list of games from known series that were huge critical failures, and some of them killed the series? Yeah. We have, uh, just in the 2010s, we have Duke Nukem Forever. Um, We have... That that doesn't even count, dude. That's like some low-hanging... That's not even low-hanging fruit. It's like fruit that's already on the ground, and like... (laughs) turned into a seed and is in the ground. That's the most delayed ga- game of all time. And But who really thought that game was going to be good? They delayed it enough times and wasted enough money on it. It should have been good. It's also one well, of the biggest I'm, money losses in video game history. I'm selling oceanfront property in Arizona, too. Okay. Like, well, those people who bought Duke, Duke There was also SimCity. Um, <laughs> let's not... And SimCity was like, oh my god, why aren't all these indies doing better than you? Because they tried to, they, they really, really did not understand their player base. Well, see, SimCity, though, here's the thing. The problem with it was uh, EA. Yeah, okay. Yeah, again. Because well, like, you know they added that always on, and yeah. 
And then we no, go over tear, to Gearbox. Tear him to him, Dylan. Tear him to him, Dylan. Look, Commander... I, I... <laughs> we can't have another Command and Conquer rant. No, but look, the, this goes into your what you're talking about. The fourth one was released. It did so shit. Well, let me say this first. It kind of worked like SimCity did, so you, you had to play it online, yes. even if you were playing single player. The game did so shitty that they just shut down the server. So you, like, you can buy the game on Steam now, but you can't play it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not wrong. Um, we move on to Gearbox and the Aliens Colonial Marines debacle. If anyone remembers their EA press conference and they had completely faked. Uh, okay, gameplay. so are you, now are you saying are you doing this about established game franchises or studios? Uh, established game franchises because the Aliens games generally did pretty good and the Aliens game after Colonial Marines was a mega hit. It's one of the biggest survival horror games on the market sales wise. Okay, okay. Alien gotcha. Isolation. Uh, then of course we had uh, we had a couple of low hanging fruit again. Sonic um, with Sonic Boom and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5. Um, but then we move into really recently Star Wars Battlefront 2 which there's yeah. no Star Wars Games that are confirmed actually proof that they're in development after Battlefront 2. And most recently, we had, and it's a game I really like, but it is destroyed, rating-wise, Fallout 76. Um, so those are, just in the 2010s, those are a lot of okay. huge franchises that were put into Jeopardy. Their futures... Well, we, we talked about Critical now. Let me ask you something. Yes, these you are Critical. For, just Critical. You, yes. you paid for the Power Armor edition of Fallout 76, did you not? Yes. And the uh, you... and the Steelbook edition. Okay, so you paid for two overpriced yes. copies of the game. Yes. So, do you feel that you got your money's worth out of the game? I do, yes. Okay. Do you think there are people out there who are actual avid fans of Colonial Marines who enjoy the game? There might be a few. There might be a few. I was just talking about Critical. Yep. I, I, I get that, but what I'm saying is like, okay. But on the Steam games, reviews. Those games were poorly reviewed, correct? Yes. So, had people read the reviews of those games, would they have been saved from spending that money on them? Um, well, it depends, because the reviews were had a lot of... So, just Aliens, Colonial Marines. If they um, listened to their old pal Jim Sterling, I don't think they would have bought the games. You may be correct. But those are just a few that have completely bombed, um, just critically, for from known franchises that have as far as we know, killed the franchises off. Like, Sonic only came back. That can sometimes be wrong, though, too. Because here's the thing. Uh, If, I don't know, I'll just say four years ago, I told you, hey, in a couple years, one of your favorite games is going to be an Assassin's Creed game. Like the the 15th one. (laughs) You'd have probably been like, no, I don't think so. Oh, two years ago with Syndicate? Yeah, I would have said said, Yeah, I said like four years ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four, three or four years ago. Yeah, your favorite game is going to be an Assassin's Creed game. However, I would have said, well, they do have a good pedigree. I, I have loved every Assassin's Creed, even the Ezio trilogy, which all bleed together. But, I mean, you look at Aliens. It had to change to survival horror. It completely changed completely. SimCity may never come back until it's like 20 years from now. And they're like, oh, SimCity. Duke Nukem is pretty much dead, except for John Cena playing him in a movie. Tony Hawk, his video games will never happen again. Um... And Star Wars Battlefront, like, they literally just canceled a pretty 
already well on its way single player game because of the bad reviews and people had bad tastes in their mouth from the from the purchases because the purchasers were bad. Those were risks. Those were risks that were made. And this is what I'm getting to. Like there are certain risks in gaming that happen and they don't pay off. There are certain studios that are trusted to handle certain franchises and they don't pay off. And if we keep demonizing a $60 price tag or DLCs or skin packs, any way for them to make money, then they'll never be able to take a risk that doesn't work out. And how often do people take risks and they don't work out? More often than they than they succeed. Um, so I was I was trying to bring up the fact that we have a pricing system that people overlook a twenty dollar game that may be solid, may be amazing, unless it has the correct amount of advertising, which blows that budget out of the water uh, to really get the twenty dollar game purchased well. That's not an indie. Um, and then a $40 game comes out from a known studio like um, Grasshopper Manufacturer um, and everyone overlooks it because it may be crappy. And then people say, what? There's a $100 version of Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Why would I pay for that? Because of the content. Because of the quality. So we're. it seems like society's stuck in a $60 price range. I mean, yeah, but you have people, you have developers releasing like totally unfinished games. And that's, you know... That's now, not, unfinished. That's, a, that's hurt a lot of good blue totally people too. Yeah. Now, I don't think you should be allowed to release a game in like permanent alpha, basically, or alpha build or beta build and stuff. I don't think you should be able to charge for that. I, I totally don't like games being able to be this like, oh, this game is alpha, whatever, but you can play it, but pay us. No, I don't think you should be able to charge for a game unless you feel as though it's a completed product. And I feel that there needs to be higher consumer protection. See, I don't just think the game should just cost more like, and be as it is now. I think that two things need to happen. That they can charge more for the games, that's fine. But I think that there needs to be better consumer protection. Like a, um, uh, like a way, not a, okay, I guess it would be a type of DRM, but a uh, 24-hour return period. Um, however, it would check against like completion status of the game. So if you had absorbed more than 50% of the game in that time, you couldn't return it or something like that because of technical issues, things like that. Um, but I think there needs to be better consumer protection and there needs to be like, uh, like worse things that happen to studios that, that break that protection. Like if you release a game that, you know, has basically a 50 gig day one patch because you are like trying to rush to get this thing, you know, put out there. Like I'd I'd rather it be that game studios don't rush their people, you know, to do all this kind of stuff, and that they're able to put out a game that's ready to play. Now, how many times has a game, best-selling game of the year, come out in non-holiday time? Since we're talking about timelines and des- and and um and release times. When did Smash come out? It came out in December. December. Okay. Uh, let's see. When did Red Dead come out last year? It came in the holiday time. What what is considered a holiday to you? I don't know what October, like, November, December. Any of the uh, holiday return policy months, which Walmart dude, starts in October. That's too much. That's too broad. That's like all the fourth quarter. No, you can't. You can't have just like three or four months. Yeah, you can have twenty five percent of the year be the holiday shopping time. Yeah, like what you count Columbus Day as holiday shopping time? <laughs> Come on, man. Really? Yeah. No. That's, I think that's... Your, our, our entire consumer base is, is built around that. So I think that's a really fair, fair argument. Plus, uh, Red Dead was not the best-selling game this year. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Fortnite was that one skin with the uh, the boobies. Oh no, no, it was Call of Duty, which is an annualized <laughs> yearly holiday game. The last time and the only time for the past decade that a game has been best-selling game of the year but didn't release in the holiday time was Grand Theft Auto V, which I think everyone knows Grand Theft Auto V is such an anomaly in the gaming world. It's the best-selling game of all time and it may never be beaten. It's the number one grossing entertainment product of all time. And it's just going to be hard to top that. Like when Grand Theft Auto V pockets more profits than any game console of all time. Like it's, that's incredible. So, but that's the only one in the last 10 years that has come out in a non-holiday time shopping period. Well and, good, then games definitely should cost more money. Because if you're only relying on holiday time to sell them, then you need to make it the best goddamn game that you can possibly make. Because you're competing against a bunch of other games that are high priced. So if consumers are definitely going to spend their money with you, you need to make a compelling fucking reason. You can't just have, let me reskin this from every year. Now, bringing up Call of Duty, how much do you think Call of Duty currently consists of a story mode, a online mode which includes Blackout, which is basically the Battle Royale, and it comes with Zombies, which has got its own story, it's its own mode completely, um... Uh, and it's got the normal, you know, the normal deathmatch and team deathmatch, stuff like that. Yeah, it doesn't have a story mode. That was the, like, cool thing on this one. Well, they, they released a, a, a late uh, late release on story mode. Um, yeah. But part of the reason why, but the last few zombies, uh, the last few Call of Duties has been a normal online, zombies, and a single player story I think mode. if they're going to do it yearly, Call of Duty would be, uh, it would behoove them to do an a la carte version of the game to where it costs you, let's say, uh, 20 bucks for every mode you want to do or 25 let's just say 25 so, so if you don't care about zombies don't buy it if you only want the multiplayer in the blackout mode you spend 50 bucks you, you know you, you buy those two it pays for server upkeep if you only care about story mode you pay for the story mode uh, if you only care about zombies you pay for that that would be a model that would work now for the now josh uh i know you don't play call of duty but how much would you think call of duty should be should be worth to sell to consumers with essentially three or four different big features to it i think the only fair way to sell it is exactly the way that lee just said splitting up what you're actually buying yeah splitting up um yeah now that would kill how i think all media should be consumed i think cable should do that too now it would kill the single player game though black ops 4 we don't have official numbers for but black ops 3 the one right before that guess the percentage of players that completed the single player mode on that game percentage it was under 20 percent Oh yeah, it was under ten yeah, percent. It was nine percent. Why? And, why even waste money on it then? So yeah, I, 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 yeah. I think that that's for that's that's the free market then. Um, you know, having its uh, effect, which is what, you know what we have to have, you, and someone else will come along and satisfy the the needs of the people who want a game like that that's just single player. Will they? Will they be able to satisfy that big of a production value on a single-player war game? Because it feels like some games, like Call of Duty, now bring it up because it has such a variance to it. Like it's number one selling, but that's because it hits a lot of check boxes for people, and but some see, people it's all the same stupid, check Like that's such the, a stupid American corporate thing, though. It's the same way companies are. It's like nobody can be happy with success anymore. Like people, like their only way that they measure success is not. Did we make a profit? Did we make, you know, what we need to stay afloat and be comfortable stuff? They say, uh, well, X other company made more money than us. Like, that's just stupid. That's a stupid way to look at anything in life. Well, no, to no, go, one, to, no one made to more go along money in comparison. They're the to, top go along with, to go along with your inquiry, I mean, game development and game production is so unpredictable, it's hard to give a definite yes or 
know that someone would come and fill the spot. Someone will try. Many will try. Big names or indies will come in. Um, but since it is something that not a mass amount of people that buy the game don't want, then I don't believe they should be forced to. It's still their choice, of course, to buy it. Um, and they can complain about it or not and buy it or not. That's up to it's them. Like, I, I'm opposite on Grand Theft Auto Five. If I could buy just the game without the multiplayer on that one, I'd have done it. Yeah, me and Josh loved that game, but we didn't play the multiplayer much at all. So you see, like that's that's one that's directly opposite. I feel like that's appealing to different kind of gamers, though. Like the people who play Call of Duty every year, I know very few people. I do know a couple that bought Call of Duty for the story because it's like people who watch porn for the plot, I guess, or they read Playboy for the articles. <laughs> but that's fine. Some people do. Whatever. Whatever's your kink. Um, however. Like, that's not really where they excelled. Although I will say that Black Ops uh, 3's campaign was really, really freaking good. So I played it, and I liked it a lot. However, they wasted a lot of money on it that they didn't have to with the voice acting and production stuff because they could have probably done better by not having it, but I'm glad they did. Um, That being said, I play Call of Duty Black Ops 4, you know that, but like I don't even like the blackout mode. So if I could have just bought a mode that was just the multiplayer for 25 bucks, I'd have done it and I'd have been happy. Um, you know, I'd have been cool with it. But I don't play Call of Duty hoping to feel the same way I did playing Near. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel yeah. like the consumer has to have a certain you have to have a certain level of like intelligence and expectations when you get in a game. You don't like get on a game and you're like like, Fallout New Vegas is a good game, okay? I like yeah. it. But I, I don't I don't think any less of the game because I don't think the multiplayer is as good as Battlefield 4. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's like, I don't I don't get on Battlefield 4 and be like, hmm, I don't know. I didn't get to join Mr. House or any kind of factions. <laughs> you know, like, you're expecting something from multiple different games. Like, success isn't like shouldn't be just one metric of oh if we don't sell the most then we're unsuccessful like that's that's dumb like but doesn't that bring up why dumb... they would keep making the single player because some of them have that artistic side of them where it's like man like they have a lot of great artists they do a lot of good character modeling and animations in the call of duty games and i actually only play the story modes in call of duty and i only play this the multiplayer modes in battlefield like i'm so like, that's how I play them. I play Battlefield, I play uh, multiplayer, and I play... Uh, I don't really care about the story, even though I know Josh likes Battlefield 4 story. Uh, and then yeah, Call of Duty really games, good. I only played the single player, because that's what I liked. It felt like a Sylvester Stallone movie every time. The same one, sometimes. Uh, but uh, I liked them. It's like, okay, here's an eight-hour romp, and it's quick and fun. Man, at Black Ops 3, though, I got my arms and legs ripped off by robots within the first 15 minutes, and like, <laughs> it was really rough. But I'm just saying, like, like the metric shouldn't be how much money it made. But they maybe that's why they keep making single player for some kind of artistic uh, production. So would you would you say that Ocarina of Time wasn't successful because it didn't sell as many copies as GTA V? Yeah, I mean, the only metric is how much money something makes. Like that's all that is going to keep these games going. And that's why we're discussing the price of the games, because it really feels like some of these games would do better if they lowered their price, but they wouldn't make the same profits. And that's that's probably going to lead us into DLC, microtransactions, loot boxes, because we probably need to start getting off the base price of games and start discussing that. How moral 
it is for something like Overwatch to give you gambling simulator loot boxes, uh, or something like um, Shadow well, of Mordor. No, I don't Shadow. like loot boxes, which is exactly why I think the base price of the game should be higher, so that companies would be discouraged from making those predatory practices. Now, that's only what a few games do. Not many games... That, I know there's a lot of outrage over loot boxes, but there's not a lot of games that do loot boxes. There are a lot of games that do skins. Um, you get skins in almost every game. You get skins in Assassin's Creed, and it's an American RPG. Why would you have skins? Well, you have a way to spend Uplay currency, or you have a way to buy DLC packs that just skin your horse and your ship and your character. And But you know what you're getting. The loot boxes Well, then you have, you have that uh, fork, fork Knife game... That tells you like, I don't know what is it? Subscri- what do they call it? Subscriptions or seasons? It's a or season, something like season that? pass. Yeah. Well, Call of Duty does that same thing now, and it's it's stupid. Where yeah. oh look, if you just play a couple more hours, you know, if you play X number of hours, you can unlock this thing, or you can just unlock it now by giving us money. Like that's that's not a model that I like. Um, yeah. that's not a model I agree with. I, I don't. Uh, I think I don't like that either. I think Fallout 76 has an okay model. They need to lower the prices for the stuff in the Atom Store, but I've never felt like anything was unaffordable or unobtainable. Or just necessary. The game. Yeah, yeah, it's just they're all just cosmetic. What was that, Dylan? What were you going to say, Dylan? Sorry. Uh, are you saying you don't like the Battle Pass for Fortnite or for Call of Duty? Yes. I don't like <laughs> either one of them. Oh. Okay, I, but I don't, I don't like that system. Fortnite yeah. is free. And that's fine. Like, so that's the thing is, I don't like it, but I'm not going to fault them as hard as I do Call of Duty. I think if Call of Duty wanted to do that same thing Fortnite did, then Call of Duty should have been free. Yeah, now the Fortnite season passed the way it's structured. Um, I don't want to, you know, start uh, nerding into Fortnite too much or defending well, hey, too is, much. Would you say Fort, Fortnite is a failure of a game? Um, I don't think anyone would say that. Okay, so here's my thing then. If we can't have base prices of games go up, um, why don't we just have them go all the way down? But what, why don't... Okay. <laughs> what's, stopping, what's stopping a developer from charging the $100 and then still having microtransactions? Uh, the consumer. And that's why I think we need better consumer protections as well as information. I feel like they would still try to implement them, though. Uh, you, I mean, you give them yeah, an inch, they, they can take would. them all. I mean, we did get Metal Gear Survive this year, and that was plagued with all kind of loot boxes and all kinds of skins. It's like, hey, do you like boobs? Japanese guys like boobs, so here's some skins with boobs in them, because we didn't get enough of that Melgar Solid games. Um, <laughs> artistic integrity is something I'll never give the Melgar Solid series. Uh, but also, I'm not trying to be a wailing woods or anything, but um, the way Fortnite implements their, um, their their system is one of two ways. You can go in and you can buy certain skins that are unlockable only through purchases you know about. Uh, in the season pass, you can you that's literally all earned. Now you can buy your way through the season pass as well, or you can earn it. But none of it's benefiting anything. It's all just cosmetic. Um, it's just bragging rights, and they really feed off of FOMO, as the kids say, uh, the fear of missing out on a skin, the fear of missing out on a gun look a gun skin. It's all skins. Uh, and that's why I barely play Fortnite, but because I have that stupid Samsung Galaxy skin, the first day that I just randomly hopped in to see what it was all about, I had people surrounding me asking me where I got it, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I just logged in, and it was there. There were there were pretty salty springs that you were over in Retail Row getting your Samsung uh, skin. I, yeah, I'm turning into a, what's that place called? Salty Bitch, I guess, or something. So, 
Yeah, Moisty Meyer. I'm, I'm just saying, I think, look, Moist games should be Meyer. one of two ways. You should either charge 99 bucks and not have microtransactions, or, or I'd say 99 to 129 whatever. You need to have what you need to make out of the base price of the product, or go to a, a, a free-to-play, you know, like, pay-to-be-cool pay to model like Fortnite. Now, um, but I, I don't think that model would work in single-player, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't. I don't see something like The Witcher Three, you know, going free to play. <laughs> you just paying for the fucking beards and swords or something. What? Like, I mean, that sounds stupid. But I feel like um, I know you, Dylan, didn't like The Witcher Three. I, however, liked The Witcher Three. I liked Hearts of Stone. I liked Blood and Wine. To me, the game would have been worth ninety nine to one hundred twenty nine dollars. I could. To you, I, probably it's not that I didn't like it, and. I'm yeah, the one that I mean, didn't like so it. Much content. I could definitely see that being worth $100 easily. Right. So it wouldn't work for that. I think what it needs we need to do is stop lumping all games in together. Now, because just like there's different types of movies that people go see, there's very few people that just go to the theater and watch just anything that's on. Games are the same way. People play different games and they play games differently. So, you know, Fortnite's model would not work for The Witcher 3. Just like if people had to pay $129 up front for Fortnite, I don't think it would have sold near what it has. Or um, have the player base that it does. Let's, and let's, not, let's not get around the fact that uh, it was made by Epic Games, who had a lot of capital to advertise the game, to pay for influencers that were going to get that game massive amounts of money and views and downloads. Uh, let's not forget that, that the initial burst of fans all paid for the game, because Battle Royale was an extra feature added later for free. And then they made it a free standalone download. Uh, the game was sold on a like I have a friend that bought a pre-order that was worth four copies of the game because it was originally a tower defense horde mode kind of game. That is the original. That's what Fortnite really is, a Fortnite whatever. Um, so that model of free worked for them, but the production quality and the quality of the game of Fortnite can't compare to Call of Duty. Like, and and honestly, a single player uh, game. <laughs> You apparently have not played Blackout mode. <laughs> a, 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 sing, a single you have player like League of Legends, where it's—I mean—they claim it's the biggest esports game, and that's uh, it—it's huge and it's um, free. It, it exists on the same kind of model Fortnite does. It's, where yeah, oh, yeah. look at this fifteen-dollar skin. Do you like K-pop? Do you like titties? Here, fifteen dollars. To, to be <laughs> 15 fair, bucks, little man, put that shit in my hand. To be fair, League of Legends has a paywall on almost all of their champions. So, whereas Fortnite doesn't say, well, you can use AK-47 if you want to pay $7.99, um, or if you want to randomly earn it. Uh, Instead of League, it's like, you can either get good with the champions, or you can buy them. Yeah, you can get good with the certain champions, or you can buy whatever you want. And that, that works the way with all MOBAs. That's how they all operate. Except for Heroes of the Storm. Rip! Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> um, or Heroes of the Storm. Oh, but but no, I mean, I, you look at Fortnite comparing to other games, you said you think Witcher is worth $100. I don't think it was worth the 20 that I paid for it. And that's all perception of what, what you get out of a game. See, like Fallout 76, I believe, is worth the Power Armor edition that I paid for it so without the why stuff. Don't, why don't you think, why do you, why do you think, why, I'm sorry, why don't you think it was worth the $20 you spent? 
I'm sure it was it is because if we're talking about what something's worth, that's personal. Um, if we're talking about the value of something, like there is a set standard in price because of that. That's the easiest way to to round games too, and that's so where games. You're just saying you didn't like it. No, I didn't like it. Um, but okay. that's that's well, where microtransactions, that's where skin packs, that's where season passes all come in. Is because that is where the people that really love the game can spend more on it. I have The Witcher with all the DLC, and I still didn't don't really enjoy it for the twenty dollars. However, people that bought the game when it launched probably bought the DLC when it launched because they loved it. If they bought the DLC at all, then they bought it when it first came out. But that's that's because they were really into The Witcher, and that's just the way it works. Like that's why DLC exists because they can reuse assets and then get their artists working on other assets and try to make a really good story. Hopefully, that's their intention, and um, and then try to make some more money off the fans that really liked it. So you can really support the developers because the engine's already there and a lot of your art's already there, and they really don't have to worry about. Um, building a game from scratch. Even the Witcher's DLC, which is like a whole new map, just as big as the first map, uh, it's it's also, a lot of the hard work's already done. You're really buying the DLC to support them. Assassin's Creed, you buy skins to support the developer. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say too, even though you don't like the game, I will I will say that uh, despite the assets and engine and stuff in there, Blood and Wine, I got, like, I got 58 hours of playthrough on. Um, so I would say... It, definitely was the money's worth for me. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not the money's worth um, yeah, for so, anybody. I mean, for them, though, like, they, you know, they could have charged more, in my opinion, and I would have paid it, and I, I'm glad they didn't, though. Yeah, um, well, But, man, it was good. If you charge too much for DLC, you can really alienate the fan base. I believe 40 is the cap you could ever charge for a season pass um, and not alienate the fan base, which, you know, should be told to Ubisoft on some things. But um, that that is... That is where I don't believe that there should be a set high price, there should be the optional things that we get. Not a loot box, but I believe people demonize DLC too quickly, um, especially with like preloaded DLC code. Like even you remember sometimes, a couple, yeah. You remember a couple years ago how like before loot boxes were a thing, people used to complain about day one DLC. Yes. that was like the big thing. Yeah. Uh, you remember the people got mad at the what was it Promethean in uh, Mass Effect Three because yep. they yes. announced yeah, them the like Promethean. a few yep. hours before the game out came out and they were like this is predatory and this is stupid and all this other kind of stuff. Oh, what also times because he was the worst companion. That's not true. He had neat, oh, interesting yeah. uh, insights because he existed before. Okay, never mind. We're not. This is not a Mass Effect. He was a podcast. dick. He was just basically like, "Oh, okay, I'm too much more smoking superior than you." Yes, yes. As the NWO would say, he was too sweet. He was pretty cool. Um, but I just, I, I really, I am a fan of DLCs and um. And, and skins in any way where I feel like I can support a developer or get a little bit more out of a game I love, I really do. I, I, I like that model. I'm st- yeah, I still don't like the set. Prove, prove that you don't have to charge for skins to make an awesome game. Uh, what? <laughs> like, part of the fun of Halo Reach was collecting the credits and then paying for new skins and items on your character. But it was that was part of the fun of playing the game. When you yeah. said Halo Reach and great game, I almost Ron Swanson Swanson you said, "Explain oh, yourself, God. sir." There's no uh, way. There's that's no a, need to. Great game. Halo Reach is amazing. 
That's so good, like, so good. Let's move on. Halo Reach only doesn't get the respect it deserves <laughs> because Halo Three exists. <sighs> no need to further this conversation. So, Spencer, who are you? You don't listen to music and you don't like Halo Reach. I, yep, that's right. Wow. Okay, so Josh, how did you live with this guy for so long? That's what I'm saying. It, it, it was the hassle. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so in conclusion. I want everyone to go around and and just give like just straight up give your pitch for how what you think should happen to the gaming market. How if you believe that it should stay the same, if you believe that it should go to structured just price models like Lee's crazy a hundred dollars or nothing, um, or if you believe that just if you don't believe in DLC, microtransactions, loot boxes, whatever. I want everyone to give their definitive statement on what they think about the price of a game. Because we've discussed it a lot, but I don't know definitively what the price of a game is. Dylan? Who, who are we starting with? Yeah. Dylan. Okay. There's levels. There should be levels. My uh, my opinion changed through the course of this, listening to everyone else. Good. But, That's um, exactly what I wanted, because mine did too, and I don't know what to say now. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do feel like there should be levels. 20, 40, 60, 100. But if you're going to spend $100 on a game, you should have a certain amount of expectation. It shouldn't be a huge buggy mess. Right. Um, a ton of content, Witcher 3 style. And, you know, if you want to pay $40, then maybe you could have some leeway with it being buggy at launch. But, because, um, I mean, that's what games are going to... Battlefield 5 is $40 now. Yeah. So the people at launch paid 60 and this now 30 currently else. at Best Buy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, I mean, obviously this level thing is happening. It's just after you fuck up. So the people who are loyal to the franchise, you know, and are excited, pay 60, get fucked over because the game's bad. So do you believe that at the $100 limit, you should still be able to charge for DLC or skins or anything like that? Um, I, I mean, I feel like, yeah, skins. I feel like... Okay. okay, okay. So just the prices of the game should really go up. So our normal sixty dollars game should be at a hundred, and that should be your top tier quality. Because right now, no base game charges more than sixty. So you just think it should go up? You say that again. I'm sorry. You just think that the base price of a game should go up because right now nothing goes higher than sixty unless it's a collector's edition. But you think that should be at a hundred with better expectations from the fans and the studios themselves, and then goes down to eighty, sixty. 40, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, Joshua, what do you think about price of games? What is the cost of a game? Well, I don't believe that the game developers, the publishers should change their price unless the consumers actually are going to take action instead of just raising their voices about the change. So my opinion still stays the same, that the buying power is what's going to influence it. So if they're doing what they do, it's because the consumers are letting it. You just crapped on all of us. Indeed. Oh, man. Okay. Um, Lee. Okay. So I think that, once again, I'm going to reiterate, I think there should be a tiered model for single-player games uh, that are massive story games, uh, especially those that are playing on DLC and stuff like that, that the price should probably go up to reflect that, uh, be it 99 or 129 however much, but that should include all future content. Um, period, end of story. 
uh, they should release a couple free skins and fun little DLCs, and then massive DLCs, uh, similar to how Batman Arkham City had you know a couple fun skins and challenge maps here and there, and then had the real DLCs. Yes, Pillars oh, yeah. of Eternity Two yeah. did the same thing. Uh, you know, The Witcher Three did that with the, you know, beard and haircut pack, and then you actually had Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine. Uh, and then I feel that multiplayer games should go down to either an a la carte model that allows you to pick and choose the modes that you would like to pay for, or they should go to free-to-play models that charge for skins and cosmetics and things like that. Um, and that there should be better consumer protections that the uh, government as it is should probably not take their hands out of the uh, gaming industry because they prove that they don't know how to run anything true, uh, true. and are just going to be predatory. Uh, and they should, um, you know, take action to better protect consumers against those companies. But I think th- that should be the two uh, the two models there. I Either forgot to the cart. Do what now? I forgot to add on to your point that yeah, the federal government makes it illegal to return an opened piece of software, which includes video games. Yep. So they should probably change that because if uh, companies knew that their consumers actually had the chance to literally take action as joshua put it uh and actually do something about it then they might actually do a better job of it uh because if you sold let's say you sold a million copies your first weekend but then you took uh let's say four hundred thousand returns um that would probably be worse than not selling any copies at all true true all right, and just to give my brief thoughts, uh, it kind of goes from the top down. Uh, the government should not be involved in the return policies of the games, treating them like software. Uh, that should be up to, like, if I return a video game to Best Buy or GameStop that I bought brand new, it should work just like if I had bought a piece of hardware that didn't work. Um, and that's just the way it should be, because right now you can buy a buggy game that doesn't even run, or bricks a system, or doesn't let you save the game, and you can't do anything about it. There's no protections for you. That is garbage. Hopefully we get away from that with the more digital future where the storefronts will be like, oh, okay, if you put this many hours into it, you can return it, blah, blah, blah. Um, at the same time, the government doesn't give any kind of incentives for people to make games in certain states, and there's a big problem with that because that keeps their costs up, which means that uh, a lot of things we don't see, like Dead Space 2, which uh, a lot of people love, they, they don't realize that Dead Space 2, you would never think is in the top five of most expensive video games to produce, but it's because of where they produced it and where they produced the sound and where they did all the motion capture in the different states and they just didn't have any protections there or efforts from the government to make it a more affordable product to make unlike the movie industry which they do plenty for um and that may help with the cost of games and help them because i know they have to make profits game companies need to make profits to fund the lesser known games that they still want great production value in just because a game isn't known and won't sell 18 million copies doesn't mean that it should get the funding of an indie game like, there's a lot of games that go underfunded that are really good, and the people that make them try really hard, but they can't fund them as well as they should be funded, all because the risk is too high. They can't have too much money in a smaller game they know is going to break even. But because of those protections for the film industry, they can keep making these movies that will break even, because basically the government's paying them to make it anyway. So that's just at a top federal level. That's nothing we can change. Hopefully the more young people we get into uh, Congress and Senate, the less they'll hate video games, and maybe they'll pass something to help. 
Maybe they'll actually understand them slightly. Yeah, God forbid. Like, um, it's, if anyway. you've ever watched the video of uh, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> having to explain how the internet works to the old uh, the hearing? people, yeah, 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 yeah you'll definitely awful. understand why they'd be like, Vigi Games, I play that Candy Crush. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're too busy, you know, Facebook messaging old girlfriends. Whatever. Um, so... On the level of the consumer, Josh is right. We have all the buying power to kill a franchise or make a franchise, to put up with BS or not put up with BS. So we can tell them. Kingmakers, oathbreakers all. (laughs) We tell them the practices. Say like a Kirby Star Allies that came out last March. That game wasn't fully finished until this past December. Not that it was a broken game, there were no glitches, just the amount of content. Some people like staggered content in a single player game because it's like free content. But some people think that Nintendo got away with releasing 50% of the game and releasing the other 50% of the course of nine months. Um, yeah, and... the only staggered content we're getting in Fallout 76 right now is my shotgun build. <laughs> um, <laughs> God dang. Uh, some people, I believe Fallout 76 launched as a full-fledged game, but it was an online game with the promise of growing. So that is where a lot of your resistance is growing with some of your hardcore base now is that it's not growing. And that yeah, those of us that defended you and did a bunch of podcasts, we're getting tired of it. Come on, Bethesda, you need to release something, you freaking cucks. <laughs> Please release more content. We're getting antsy. Um, I get it that you guys are busy covering up the fact that Todd Howard, uh, you know, raped and killed a girl in no, 1992 no, no. at a holiday. I need you guys to uh, make a DLC, possibly about doing the same thing as Todd Howard. Oh, please no. I knew this was going to happen. Um, oh, God, you guys in trouble with God Howard. Karma's oh, down. Anyway, anyway, so on our front, we do have the power. And we have the power to make sure they know that we appreciate their franchises. And that is currently through skins and DLC. So I currently do like the model of skins and DLC. I don't like it when it seems like they put more effort into skins and DLC in a game than they did their base game. That does get frustrating. But um, currently, I would be willing to pay more for games. I buy indie games when they come out brand new, and that seems expensive, but I know what went into it. I know it goes into AAA games. I know the amount of money that goes into AAA games, and I don't mind paying more of a premium without having to buy DLC because God of War is one of the best games. It's the it's one of the best games I've ever played. I love the God of War franchise, but this God of War was one of the best games I've ever played, and it will not have DLC. And so basically, is- basically what all of us are saying is that the game, gaming industry is just like women. They shouldn't have to show skin to make money. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's what Spencer told me at least. I, just, I don't I don't know I what direction it's just I think I all right. I think video games are fun. Thanks for I the mean, podcast everybody. I think that's something that we could all agree to. I wanted to clarify. I think the when I say like different levels, obviously a uh, indie game could be twenty dollars or whatever. But like what Lee was talking about with the Black Ops, I think that would be a good model. Also, Josh, I agree yeah. with what you're saying, but I like. Let me. Let's word it like you. Ha- let's say you owned. Let's say you were a publisher. Mm-hmm. What kind of business model would you use? What kind of business model would I use? Uh, game, uh, yeah. Does depend on the kind of game I'm going to make. Uh, I don't. I don't believe I would try to do like what Call of Duty does and try to do everything in one. I would make sure I target a niche audience. And stick with that. 
that's a probably a good idea. That's probably the safest bet to get the most production value uh, with the least amount of money uh, risk. Um, and, and, and a lot of people expect a lot of... Remember back when single-player games were always expected to shoehorn multiplayer just because it was like, oh, it doesn't have multiplayer? Like, did you play every multiplayer? Did you really play Uncharted's multiplayer and Assassin's Creed's multiplayer? They were Tried fun, to. yes. But I didn't need them. I never I, needed that. I have a great idea for a, a video game. Um, it's a it's a football game, but instead of doing major league teams, we, we do it with colleges. I think that people like college football oh. well enough that that game would sell. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I miss you, NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. And thank you for listening to this podcast. If you made it to the end, to the rambling, and to the NCAA football uh, video game franchise shout-out that Lee just gave that's been missing for five years, we whoa, apologize. Whoa, I never said anything about no NCAA. <laughs> I simply said it's football and it's college. Take that as you will. It's Canadian Football League. Go ahead. Okay. Exactly. Thank you for listening. This has been the Gaming News Power Power, brought to you by Tate Studios. My name is Spencer. I'm Lee. I'm, I'm just giving I'm, them the chance I'm, to do beat pricks. You can find um, us collectively on Twitter and Instagram at Take the Studios. You can find us on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Take the Studios, where we have video game uh, videos for charity. And uh, sometimes we update stuff, sometimes we don't. We don't a whole lot. Um, but this podcast you can find on TuneIn, Cast FM, Google Play, iTunes, and many other podcast platforms. Basically, uh, if you have someone that can't find this on their preferred and Google platform, Play. Please comment. Yes, they're going to keep doing this. Thank you for listening. <laughs> well, okay. I, I I just want to say to listeners, I'm really glad you guys stuck around to listen to us. We appreciate it. Uh, we welcome you to join us next time when we talk about how Red Dead's Battle Royale mode is trash. <laughs> I did forget to bring that up. I forgot to bring up the negative zone at all. I, I'm sorry, guys.
I was I was sitting here thinking it, that Trinity had like a really um, highly ranking uh, accreditation. They do <laughs> actually. That's why I was joking. <clears throat> Is everyone ready? What the? F- that noise! <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like that thing from fucking Labyrinth. <laughs> Ah. Smell bird. <laughs> super mutant. That's what that was. Um, I'm really frustrated. The picture I'm looking at on uh, Discord. Yeah, I'm not liking yeah. it either. Look, do you sit backwards on it? How does it work? <laughs> you sit on it like the cool teacher from the '90s. Do you lean back like Flash Dance or some shit to, <laughs> to brush your teeth? Oh, that'd be awesome. Like this doesn't make any sense, like <laughs> sanitary wise or ergonomic. Don't this like it. Weird, man. <laughs> Hang on a second. Hold up. Yeah, we definitely need to bomb them again. <laughs> Dude, dudes be brushing their teeth on that shit, like. <laughs> Picture or something like this, but I didn't know how to describe it, so I didn't. There you go. Yeah, the flash dance, a uh, girl dude, um, leaning I'm back. I'm too fast with water fucking memes and shit, dude. This is what I do for a living. They're like, how do you use it? It's like, oh, wait, Laura's describing it. Hold up. Wait, you just straddled the toilet? Well, why wouldn't you? Because it's weird. <laughs> it's backwards. Can't have that. The shape of the seat literally hasn't changed. It hasn't. No. Oh, man. What'd you say? Look, if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> this is broke. This no, that's weird. Why not? Just let it go straight down while you brush. This is on fucking eBay. <laughs> so she's, she's trying to, she's trying to describe how to pee and brush your teeth at the same time. <laughs> so, oh, no, if you're a dude, it definitely doesn't work. You gotta have a hand down there. Oh, yeah. And just yeah, it, it'll going just go. In. It's like a wacky, waving, inflatable arm flailing too. <laughs> especially in the morning. In the times that you're brushing your teeth, late at night or in the mornings, that shit ain't happening. No. Well, should I ask someone? Should I ask Charlotte? Yeah, you should ask like that. Yeah, definitely. We need to get to the bottom of this, man. What? Let's just do this podcast. <laughs> Games, man. Games suck. Oh, man. I've recorded the last three minutes. It's going to be real interested to see if I decide to keep it in the, last, in the podcast at the end. Because the last one, there were so many random conversations that got recorded before we got to the actual podcast part. That I had to have breaks in between the conversations just to edit out the pieces that I could throw out there of the podcast because conversations kept breaking in between the, the news rundown and, and the, the topic uh, changes and stuff. It was uh, it was fun. It was funny. I mean, they were funny. That's why I left them. I'm probably leaving this except for Dylan said we need to bomb Japan. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's pretty terrible, he Dylan. Why would you come up with that? He said again. Like, so... <laughs> and It's only because he's playing a World War II game. It's just fresh in his mind. Hearts of Iron is a Japanese bombing simulator. I can bomb Japan if I want to, so. 
Well, Sounds very presidential. <laughs> From the looks of their toilets, they're all fucking mutants over there with like backwards knees or something. You don't want to fight them, man. You don't want to fight them. All right, are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay, cool. And this is where I'm going to cut. Just put the music. See, it works because you guys used to have a show in a game called Beans on the Block. We so did. for people who really followed it, roll that beautiful bean footage would actually make sense. So, I guess no one follows us from back then. I'm pretty sure. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we still follow us. That's, I think, we're pretty much the target market we, for that. We're really yeah, just we, making this part. We are, we are doing this for ourselves in like 50, uh, 50 Persians. Yeah, I don't even use that same Twitter. Like I, I not even I didn't change the Twitter handle. I just changed Twitter accounts. Yeah, you so. just set it on fire and burned it to the ground. <laughs> so technically, I'm not even still following from back then. <laughs> he unfollowed his own creation. <laughs> it's like, like a, Tech Frankenstein. It's like if Vince McMahon unfollowed WWE. It's like oh, I need mean, this crap. Uh, like this crap sucks. I can't stand Raw. Let's get SmackDown on her. It's like when Donald Trump stopped following Hillary Clinton. Oh, man. Oh. Oh, what, so disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. I gotta Which get is probably the only time oh, Hillary God. Clinton ever had to worry about a man following her. I gotta have a break to get to the, the news rundown. Uh. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> 